talk about coronavirus because um, it's time. So at my kids' school, there were a bunch of kids that were not allowed to come to school because they'd been recently travelled to China. And all of those girls have come back. There was one girl that was delayed even more because she had self-quarantined for 14 days. And then her dad returned and she had to do another 14 days. You and I have been following everything on Twitter and primarily I've been following the WHO site, um, which has been excellent. Um, and also um, the Chief Medical Officer of Victoria has been providing excellent updates very thorough. Um, and the other um, updates I quite like are from Ian Mackay, who is a virologist, and he wrote a blog yesterday. Um, and the thing I really liked about his blog was that he talked about um, WHO choosing not to use the term pandemic, and that potentially by not using it, um, that it might actually engender more fear by the time they do use it, because it's giving it more power. Um, and and it, as an example of that, um, at our gynaecology um, regular meeting that we have after clinic every Wednesday, one of our junior registrars gave a talk today on coronavirus and also the significance for obstetrics and gynaecology. And I know five minutes ago you were saying, why are gynaecologists talking about this? But um, primarily because like the flu, pregnant women are likely to have more severe disease and a higher mortality. Uh, fair point, fair point, Dr. Beck, fair point. The registrar had pre actually prepared the talk two weeks ago and it was quite interesting because she'd not been able to give the talk two weeks ago and then obviously so much has moved on since then because realistically there's changes really every 12 to 24 hours, which is why WHO are really updating things once or twice a day. And so since the talk, um, obviously the original epicentre in Hubei province in China, um, but now there's been spread um, well outside of China and now we know we've had 22 cases in Australia to date um, and um, a significant number of cases, I think it's over 250 um, in the northern um, uh, state in Italy, which is the Lombardy area, which is where Milan is. Um, and now overnight there was um, a resort hotel in Tenerife, which is the part of the Canary Islands, um, where I think there's been a lockdown of the entire resort because there's been um, at least um, a few cases of, of coronavirus. And I think it's from people who've travelled from Italy. And now officially um, first reported confirmed case on the African continent um, with a case in Egypt and a case in Algeria. And so um, Ian's comment was within the blog and I don't have it up, um, so I, I'm, if I misquote it, um, I apologise, was around not using the language of the pandemic implies that when it is then used that people might have a kind of hysteria rather than actually this now fulfils the official definition of a pandemic because it is um, in so many parts of the world and it's beyond trying to contain it. And so now we need to be prepared for the actual pandemic. Um, and if we don't use that language, are we prepared? Yeah, it's interesting. I've been watching, uh, oh, the um, ASIM online talking about, you know, are we ready for it? Are we ready for a pandemic in, Aust in Australia? And can we have surge capacity? And he made the really good point that, you know, if any of us who work in public hospitals in Australia, we know the place is full. The EDs are full. The operating theatres are full. The ICUs are full. So, you know, we're a first world country. We're exactly what we put all the patients if they all um, 
you know, if it starts spreading here. I have a comment on that because whilst I don't disagree and I think we all know that everyone is under significant pressure, you and I, you know, I, and I can only talk about the theatre context because that's where the space you and I share other than the birth suite. But, um, you know, you and I both know that the list works whatever is on the list. So, like, yeah. if I have three cases on a list, it'll take three and a half hours. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely will take three and a half hours. But if I have eight cases on a list, those will get done in three and a half hours. Maybe it'll take four hours, you know, whatever. Like, the work gets done and we're really good at that. And, and I don't – I think what I'm hearing from some people is the idea that a pandemic is going to be everybody sick. But – Let's just remind ourselves, this is like the flu, but we don't yet have a vaccine for it. So not everybody is going to be that sick. And I think this is kind of Ian's point. Like a pandemic doesn't imply um, masses of people. It does imply quite serious. It's across multiple countries and multiple continents. We don't have a complete understanding of this new virus, this novel virus. Um, we don't yet have a vaccine the way we do for, a flu, for the flu, but it's, it's not the first time that we've dealt with something like this. I don't want to be too flippant about it, but the point is that I think we need to be really careful that there's not hysteria about it. And the world has gone through two recent pandemics. We've learned a lot of lessons. And what I'm concerned about, particularly in the context of Australia, where we have absolutely first-class healthcare and and whilst there are some issues in terms of access and we know it's not equitable across the entire continent um, and that there are big issues in terms of social determinants of health those who are most vulnerable are clearly those in countries where in low and middle income countries where there are major problems with healthcare um, and significant issues with access um, to the basic healthcare let alone intensive care and for so, me yeah, I'm worried about that in particular. So, so Beck, when I've had in the operating theatre people come in with weird bugs, back in the day when you had to put all the PPE on and get all the excess equipment out of the operating theatre, like we used to do with VRE and stuff like that, what I'm interested in is what's the role of SIM in this situation? There was a really beautiful infra infographic about if, what you would do for airway. Um, you know, if you had to intubate somebody with something catchy like this and all the airway equipment that you would need. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting trying to think, well, what equipment would you need? You don't want to, um, you know, contaminate all the things. I was interested, someone was saying, oh, you should use video laryngoscope. Um, which I'm like yeah, not clear on because you're now moving this bit of kit from patient to patient. What do you reckon? Um, you could sim sim a coronavirus case. Well, I don't even need to tell you what I reckon because EM sim cases, uh, which who are um, on Twitter have released today a scenario of how to simulate a coronavirus case because I've been in situations before where we've been told by infection control, oh, you take all the equipment out and then all of a sudden you're alone with minimal staff inside trying to look after a patient. You've got no stuff in there. And um, it becomes very, you know, very tricky to try and look after somebody when someone's trying to be helpful and got all the stuff out there. So when I've had those cases, I've been like, no, I'm just having everything in here that I need to look after this person, just like I have for everybody else. 
So it's interesting, like, if people come up with procedures and policies in Australia about what to do regarding the equipment, and I haven't seen anything like that yet. Um, presumably that'll come out at some point. Um, I haven't seen anything yet, but as you've pointed out, I'm a gynecologist, not a public health or emergency, <laughs> or emergency physician, so I'm not clear I'm the right person. But I am reading through um, this um, absolutely fabulous and detailed, uh, very detailed um, scenario. The, um, I tell you what, the funny thing is, is the masks are still going on. I'm what, it's, like, it's like coronavirus mask gate, you know, watching all the weird and wonderful ways people have decided to put masks on when we all decided it was all about, you know, the usual hand washing, etc. There you go. Good job. Uh, okay. Bye. <laughs> okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs>